Hey everyone, um, sorry it's been a while. I just want to pick up where I left off on my last episode. Um, so, you know, after I confronted him over at Mel's house, uh, you know, I asked him to leave. I just told him to leave that. I'm done. I'm done playing this game. I just, I want out. I just want out and to move on with my life. Like I can't live like this anymore. And at that point, I think he really did start to realize that he had pushed me too far, that this whole thing just went way too far. And um, that I was truly over it, which I think him knowing that triggered him to want to really play it up and try even harder and wanting to be here at the house all the time and the love bombing me and you know every morning at this point you know um he wouldn't leave the house so i would sleep in the spare bedroom or actually he would sleep in the spare bedroom um i would sleep in my son's room cuz he would our son would sleep in our big old bed it was funny really weird uh, sleeping situation, but I just, I didn't want to be near him. So I was trying to basically just stay separated as much as possible. Living in the same house under the same roof was pretty hard. You know, every morning, you know, he'd get up early, like at six o'clock in the morning and try to sneak into bed with me and, and would try to hold me and cuddle me. And I was just disgusted. I was just disgusted. Like, what are you doing? I, you know, I guess he thought he could still continue the game, still manipulate me, still try love bombing me and, and trying to be with me. And I just, it was too far gone for me that I just, I called him out on everything. I just, I didn't want anything to do with him. I didn't want him near me. I, I was just so disgusted with him trying to get into bed with me every morning and dealing with that. Um, And then there were times where I would be working in my office, in my home office, and doing paperwork or paying bills. And then he'd come up there and, and try to bring me cards or flowers. And then there was one particular incident where he was you know, like pulled my chair, you know, I was sitting at my desk. It was a sliding chair with, with the wheels and he grabbed the chair and turned it towards him and was down on his hands and knees and, you know, begging me to just try and, you know, not to file for divorce yet. Just give him some time to really work on this and see the changes again. Wow, this is just ridiculous, but it it was so ridiculous. And then he would even lay his head on my lap crying. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like, this is just so far gone that it's, you know, there's just no coming back from this, all of this. But he just continued to try to play this game. He continued to try to manipulate me, try to love bomb me. It wasn't working and he knew it wasn't working. He knew none of his tactics were working on me anymore. 
And so that just triggered him to try harder and harder. Um, You know, he even showed me a text message that he had sent to Mel saying he wants nothing to do with her, to leave him alone, that he loves me, he loves his wife, his family, and this is where he wants to be. So to just leave him alone. Um, And he wasn't very nice about it either. You know, so he's showing me these text messages he's sending to her, telling her to just, you know, basically just fuck off. Um, and I told him, you don't have to do any of this. You you know what? This isn't doing nothing for me. You don't have to do any of this. Just stay with her. Leave me alone. You know, let me move on with my life. I don't, I'm not asking you to do anything of this matter. I'm like asking you to leave, asking you to go with her, please. And like, just leave me alone. So he's just like, he was telling me, oh, I'm not doing this just for you. I'm doing this for myself too, because this isn't where I want to be. And I don't love her, you know, all the BS. And so, you know, next thing I know, after all this, and he's sending her these messages, telling her to leave him alone, um, we get a knock on our front door. So, mind you, it's him and I at the house and our son, our eight-year-old son. So, I we get a knock. I go to the door to answer. I'm like, who, who could it be? And it's her. It's It's Mel. At my front door, at my home, standing in my front porch doorway, crying and sobbing. And I'm just like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, what's going on? And she's just crying. Um, But you know what I do? I don't attack her. I don't assault her verbally. I invite her in. And I said, hey, you know what? Come in come on in. Can I get you something to drink? You know, I mean, to sit down like you're not in a good state. It's obvious she was sobbing and she comes in. She comes in and uh, she's in shock, you know, because my ex-husband is standing there in the kitchen cooking cooking for for me and our son and you know and I'm sitting there at the counter having a glass of wine he's having a glass of wine um our son is just playing at the dining room table drawing because he's an artist an amazing artist by the way um he's drawing so imagine the scenario we have this long island like countertop you know, I'm sitting at the end of it, having a glass of wine. My ex-husband's in the kitchen cooking. Our son's drawing. Like, perfect family picture, right, from the outside looking in. But it wasn't really anything like that. It was just matter of fact the way things were at that moment until I could file for divorce and move on. Um, which... At that point, too, I didn't tell my ex I was filing for divorce because I didn't want him to try to pull anything or do anything. I was talking to an attorney, 
I was talking to a family law attorney, the same one that I went to when I originally filed for divorce like two months prior. Um, and she knew, she, she, she just said from my story when I first saw her, she's like, I knew you'd be back. Um, but yeah, so I've been, I had been talking to her. We were getting things already. He had no idea. Um, he thought I was playing along with his game and just holding out, waiting before I filed for divorce, waiting for things to change. He, he thought that that was my mindset. It really wasn't, but I let him think that because I didn't want anything to get messed up. So at this point, it's like, I'm taking control of the situation now. You're done. I'm, I'm doing this now. I'm going to play this and I'm going to do it the way I want to. You're done. So, um, so that's what I did. I'd been consulting with my attorney. We were getting everything ready and actually everything was ready. It was just a matter of time. Um, so, okay, so back to the scene. So Mel's standing there in our kitchen. I'm sitting at the counter. Ask her if she wants anything to drink. She's standing there looking at my ex-husband. And her jaw just drops. She's standing there looking at him with tears in her eyes. And basically at this point, I feel like I'm just a spectator, like watching this whole show in my home. Um, And I'm just sitting there like waiting. And so she looks at him. She looks at me. She looks at Liam. She looks back at him, her mouth's like open. And he's, he just says to her, what are you doing here? I don't want to be with you. I ended things with you. I don't want to be with you. You shouldn't be here. And I don't even remember what she said. She was just like all crying and all looking at him and just like in awe, like you could totally see she was so enamored by him and just standing there all days with her mouth open and she's holding a card and she's just like, I thought you said you loved me. This is a birthday card you gave to me and you said you loved me. And she like threw it at him. And I'm just looking at the both of them. And he's just like, I don't want to be with you. You need to leave. And she's looking at me. I said, I don't, I'm not going to be with him. I'm not staying with him. I'm going to file for divorce. And then she like is all happy after I say that and then looks at him and it's almost like she's looking at him like, oh, she's going to divorce you. So now we can be together. And I was just like, I can't even believe this is happening in my house, (laughs) you know? And I just told her, I said, look, I said, you know, you're not the only one, right? You're not the only one. There's been many before you, during you right now, I'm sure. And it won't stop. They'll continue to be more with you after you. It's never going to stop. He doesn't stop with just one. And she looks at me and she's like, well, then why are you with him? And I said, I'm not. (laughs) 
I'm not going to be. I'm done. I'm going to file for divorce. And then, like I said, and then she looks at him like all happy that I said that. And he's just like, (laughs) you can just tell he doesn't know what to say. He's speechless for once. Um, He just keeps denying and telling her to leave, you know, denying that he wants anything to do with her. He just doesn't want it. And then she just turns and you can just see the sadness. You could see her sadness. And I actually felt sorry for her at that point. I felt sorry for her. Like what makes a woman so desperate? So desperate to want to be with a married man who's continuing all this charade and these shenanigans. And, you know, I I had my feel. I was done. But I stayed in it much longer because I was married to him and we had a child together. Else, I would have been gone a long time ago. But I could just see the sadness in her and the hurt and the confusion. And just... It was, well, now that I think about it, it makes me sad, but not sad for my ex and not sad in a way that I want to be with him. Just sad on a human, compassionate, empathetic level. I literally felt empathy for her because I could see how sad she was and what he did to her, what he was doing to her too. And that's the thing about these narcissists is they lack compassion. They lack empathy. And they're just emotionally disconnected. So they don't feel the pain like we do. They don't feel any of this. They actually get enjoyment out of doing this to other people. They actually literally enjoy the game. They enjoy destroying someone and breaking them down for whatever reason it lifts them up and makes them feel important it makes them feel like a god i guess i you know it's it's really sick and it's really it's just the lack of emotion and empathy for somebody in that amount of pain is beyond me. It just, to me, it really is just horrendous. It's sickening. It's like when I was throwing up and he was like, oh, you must really love me. There was like, there was no emotion to it. There was no compassion. There was no remorse. There was no humility in this man. It was pleasure. It was pleasure and like, enjoyment of seeing the power, the emotional power they have over somebody and can break them to pieces. It just made them feel powerful. It made him feel powerful. And it's like a high, like all this hiding and this sneaking and lying is like, it gives them a high. Like he could literally, I found this out later on, he could literally leave our house, say he's running a grocery store to get a few things to make for dinner. But on the way, stop at the neighbor's house who he was messing around with, right there in broad daylight and park in front of her house and like 
go over there for a little, for like a hot minute and then go to the grocery store and come home like nothing. And it's like so daring, like those daring, like sneaky, like on the edge behaviors, like really give them a high. Um, but back to Mel, you know, honestly, I, I felt for her. I really did. You know, I, not once did I say anything mean to her. I didn't verbally attack her. I actually walked her out. Like as she turned and started to walk towards the front door, I walked her out. I walked her out into her car. And I was just like, you know, why, why would you continue all of this, this relationship, this, you know, why continue all of this with a married man? You, you know, he's married. And she, all she said was that he just, he told me that you guys were separated. He told me that you guys were divorcing, you know, um, I just, you know, I, I just, I really handled that situation with grace. You know, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure most women would have started arguing with her, attacking her. You know, I, I didn't do any of that to her. I handled it very gracefully and respectfully. And for a minute, I tried to put my feelings aside and try to see things through her eyes and, she still was a nasty person. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I just, I felt for her in that moment. Um, and she left. And when I got back to the house, this overwhelming like anger came upon me. And I just remember lashing out at him and yelling at him. I, you know, I just... <laughs> told him like how many people are you gonna hurt look at this woman look at her how many more people are you gonna hurt you know <laughs> when is this gonna stop for you and then you know I tried to grab that birthday card that she had brought in and threw at him and that was a struggle like he grabbed it from me and he wouldn't let me take it and he like ripped it into pieces. Um, but I eventually got it from him and I ran into the bathroom and locked the door and just, I pieced the card together. And it was, he, it was just like a week prior. He gave her this birthday card and told her that he loves her. And I was just like, you love her? Like, <laughs> where's all this coming from? Like, you love her? Like, I don't even know who the hell he is. I never did anyways. I mean, he had multiple faces. He's a f Jekyll and Hyde, but he's, and then he goes off. Oh, I had to tell her that I don't love her. I had to tell her that to keep her hanging on or else, you know, she just kept, you know, really pushing and, and wanting more of me and wanting time and wanting me to spend time with her family and it not it just none of it makes sense. So it's just like you're. I just told you're sick. Just like 
leave everyone alone. You know, leave me alone. So, you know, it's just, that was, um, that was pretty extreme. That was, uh, just more drama that I was so tired of and just more validation like that. I just need to get the heck out of this relationship. Um, so then after all that was going on, you know, I text, I te- I actually text her. I text her about an hour after all that and she left and I said, look, you know, he's not right. I'm sorry that he involved you in all of this and like got you into this, but he's not right. And I feel for you, like I felt sorry for her um, and that I would have left this marriage a long time ago had it not been for our child, you know, and I just kind of wished her the best and she didn't say anything. A couple days later, I get this text from her saying, it's okay, he's a liar and a cheater and you two belong together. I'm like, okay, okay. I told you guys she's still a nasty person, you know? I mean, you can't even be a grown woman and and discuss the situation, the reality of it, the facts, and actually (laughs) try to resolve something and move on from it. Let's just continue to act like we're in high school and play this little game. I mean, this is just what, what was ridiculous. I mean, I just, I tried to be very kind to this person, to this woman, and just tried, you know, to be like, come on, woman to woman, like, this is just wrong. But anyways, you know, people are who they are. So, you know, during this time, I was really just focusing on my game plan and how I was going to get out of this and like the most civil way, you know, because I just didn't want to deal with the ugly anymore. I was tired. And eventually they get you to that point of exhaustion that you just don't want to fight anymore. You know, I mean, sometimes to the point to where it's just easier to play the game and just sit there and let them orchestrate it all and keep going and going. It's just easier sometimes because I got so tired and my anxiety was so bad. But my will and motivation to survive and not have this kind of life because I'm a fighter, you know, whatever... Whatever spark I had left inside of me in my soul that the Lord put in me just helped me to fight this man and not give in and not let this continue. Um, so, you know, during this time and leading up 
to when I filed for divorce, we would go back and forth about talking about the business, well, my business. Um, you know, I, I've told you guys before in previous episodes, you know, I have my own bell bond company. Um, I've been in the bell industry for 25 years and, uh, you know, I had been in this industry like 12 years before I'd even met my husband. So I knew it inside and out. I did my own thing. Um, so I had accumulated, you know, my clients, my business. I worked hard for many years to be at the point where I was at in this industry. And of course, he wanted to jump on board with it and try to act like it was his business. Um, it wasn't. doesn't matter if we were married or, or, or not. Again, like I said, I was in this industry 12 years before I ever met him. And I had my business and my clientele years before I ever met him and before he came into my life. So, you know, I didn't, it wasn't as successful when I met him and we were first married. You know, I worked at it and got it to where it's at. But, you know, so he went on negotiating with me about the percentage of the business and what he wanted and that he wanted 50% of my business um, and that we could still work together. And I was like, no. And I said, first of all, what makes you think you deserve 50% of the business? What do you bring to the table that you should get 50%? You don't bring anything. You don't bring clients. You don't bring business in. Like, What makes you think you're entitled to 50% of my business that I've worked hard to get to where it's at today? And of course, he couldn't say anything. Um, well, actually did. He did try to put me down with that too, saying that I would never be at the point in my business where I'm at if it wasn't for him. That because he came into my life and he motivated me and pushed me to work harder and to just really go out there and go on my own, that if he never entered my life and did that, I wouldn't be where I was at today. No, no. Manipulation, guys, that's all manipulation. So no, um, I did tell him that I would agree to 25% and that he had to get a job though and within a year. Like I would pay him 25% of my business for one year, but during that year he had to go to school or do something to get you know, some kind of trade and be able to go on his own and start his own career. Um, you know, and at that point too, little did I know he was trying to start his own bell bomb business with some friends of his behind my back and trying to steal my clients. Yeah. Good friends right there. Um, he knew it the whole time and didn't even back up his wife. Shocker. No, it's just all about him. So yeah, no, he wasn't happy with the 25%. So then he goes on and says, you're just doing that because of Mel. And what if I break it off with Mel 
you know, if I break it off with her and we go over to her house right now together and I tell her to fuck off and that I'm going to be with you, will you give me 40% of the business? <laughs> and I'm like, wow, are you kidding me right now? Like, this guy has no shame. No shame. This guy, he was serious. He was serious that he would take me over to Mel's house, him and I together, and we'd go over there and knock on her door, and he would literally tell her to fuck off in front of my face and tell her to go kick rocks, basically, and that she's screwed and that he wants nothing to do with her and, you know, to get 40% of my business. Okay, crazy. Um, so, like, no. I said, no, that's not going to fly either. Like, no, it doesn't matter. At this point, it doesn't matter what you do or what you say. It ha- I don't care whether he was with Mel or, you know, Liam's swim coach or Liam's, one of Liam's teachers, whoever, whoever the hell was he with in the, you know, coming out of the woodwork. I didn't care at that point. It's not even about that anymore. It's about that. I worked hard to where I'm at. I had this business long before I ever met you. And I'm going to continue to do this business long after you. And you don't deserve any of it. None of it. You didn't do anything to help me or bring anything to the table. I had to beg him, beg him to help me with the business and beg him to get licensed to help me because it was so much. And even then, you know, he told me I was demasculating him. So no, I'm not giving you 50% of my business. You know, just, wow, just get over yourself. So, so that happened. Then, you know, during this time that he's still trying to work me, still staying at the house, you know, I would leave for a couple days and go stay at my sister's, you know, letting him stay with our son. Um, I just wanted to be away from him. I didn't want to be around him at all. Um, And then it just, what's so funny is during all this too, he would always tell me that he wasn't my enemy. He would tell me, I'm not your enemy. I'm not your enemy. You know, and no matter what, I will always love you. And are, you know, you're the mother of my son and I'll always love you. And you know, every time you look at our son, you're always going to see me because he looks just like me. So you're always going to see me in him. You know, he would say things like that. And then when he would talk about not being my enemy. It's like, hell yeah, you were my enemy. You were my enemy this whole time. You were backstabbing me. You were going around bad-mouthing me to whoever would listen. You knew that this other couple, you know, um, that you would be friended and then got me to be their friends. You knew everything you were feeding their head with and lying to them about me and doing it all. This was all just in preparation of him trying to get people on his side or whatever you want to call it, his gang, his clique, their narcissists have their little following. 
And this was all just to prepare ahead of time, like to get these people to try to start a bell bomb business with him and to get this other couple and, and his wife out trying to collect attorneys. I mean, and then having her learn from me, having me show her exactly what to do, saying that it was for my company and to better it and to get more business. And it wasn't the whole time. It was about him trying to collaborate with this couple to start their own business in case he and I didn't work out. It was He was never on my side. He was never backing me up. He didn't back me up. He threw me to the wolves. He threw me to the wolves. He freaking threw blood all over me and threw me in the ocean for the sharks to eat me. He didn't give a shit. And that's what's just so sick is you're sitting here telling me you're not my enemy. You're telling me this to my face and then you're planning all of this and and prepping all of this behind my back with these people and these people too. And they're doing it and they're following along. (laughs) Wow. You know, it's just, it's just, I don't know how people can live with themselves. I don't know how they can look at themselves in the mirror. It's, there's real people out there like that. I thought it was only on TV. I thought I thought it was only on Snapped and who the blank did I marry and, and stranger in my bed. <laughs> Literally, that was my life, people. And I thought this was only on Lifetime Movie Network. And I was straight out living a Lifetime movie in real life. This was my life. And I just, I couldn't comprehend it all. I couldn't process it all. You know, I mean, the lack of empathy with this man too, you know, I lost my father at a very young age. You know, I was 14, almost 15, and my father had passed away in his sleep of a heart attack. And I was the one that found him and tried to wake him up. And my father was the rock. He was my rock. He was my stability. So when that happened, and that was a trauma for me, and that was a huge, huge loss in my life. And he knew that. And he knew that sometimes, you know, things would trigger that. You know, you never really get over the loss of a parent that you're super close to that made you feel safe and secure and protected you just, you never get fully over it, but you learn how to live with it and cope with it and understand it. I don't even know if you really understand it, but you just learn how to process it and how to live with it. But you always have that little piece of your heart missing. He knew that. He knew that about me and he he would get annoyed sometimes when things would bother me, uh, you know, and I'd miss my dad. And he'd be like, oh, you should be over it by now. That was years ago. Like, you know, get over it. It's like just the lack of compassion in these people just blows me away, you know. Um, but... uh Anyways, yeah, we're getting, 
I think I'm getting too far along here. Let me see. Yes, 35 minutes. So I am going to try to be back sooner than what I was um, and pick up where we left off. We're getting, you know, closer to the end. And yeah, we're going to pick up where I left off and how things started to turn out once he found out that I did file for divorce. Um, and then it got really ugly, um, really ugly, really vengeful and really sick. Um, so that's where we will pick off, pick up next week. Sorry guys. Anyways, um, thanks for listening everyone. And again, you know, if you want to reach out, if you have any questions for me or want to share a story, I would love to hear it. I really would love to know that I'm not the only one and you're not the only one. And this does happen to men and women. It's not just men who are narcissists or sociopaths. Women can be too. So, you know, my heart goes out to anyone who's had to struggle and be exposed to this kind of relationship because it really is a psychological and mental abuse um, that you don't realize until it's too late. But anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. And I will be back next week and I will start. I'll just pick up where we left off and get right into it. So you all have a great, great day and talk to you soon.